We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Flo here with a word that's just weird. Terry cloth. Who exactly is Terry? And why does he get his own fabric? Did he journey below SPF 50? Fight off some weeds and his daffodils? Hmm. How about a word for everyone? Flotection. Yeah, I just made it up. But I'm not making up how great it feels when me and Progressive protect your new home. Ever think of that, Terry? No. Terry only thinks of himself. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is... This is, this is, this is, this is. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today, we have producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goyce. Hello. Hi, Brian. What's up? We have our um, statistician and pun master, Nikias Duncan. What's going on, man? Chilling. Um, We have our trash tweeter, Mr. Jack Alfonso. What's up? Jack, you haven't been on in a while. I don't think that's true. I was on the drunk pod. That was a while ago. Maybe. The drunk pod was, was a few months ago. So um, it's been a while. And now we welcome back our friends from Locked on Heat. Uh, Wes Goldberg first. Wes, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. You know, what I like about your guys' show that we don't ever do on our show is you guys don't like let stats or facts get in the way of things. And occasionally you'll bring Nikias in and he helps out with that. But it's going to be a nice change of pace for us. So we're excited about this. We're not about facts and truth. Get out of here. We're about fun and takes. Is that a reputation? I'm okay with that being our reputation. You don't, you don't let it get in the way. You don't let it get in the way. And I, I like that. that. Especially Alf. Alf lets it fly, man. Well, now Alf does this thing where when he gives a take, he says, I don't even know if stats back this up or not, but it's what I think. And then he just goes. Like, exactly. That's just, like it's a disclaimer. About. Yeah. And we have Ramil, uh, David Ramil. I was scared of your last name, so I said your name first. David, welcome. <laughs> what I like about your show is that Alf isn't on today. That's what I like. About <laughs> <you>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> that's Brian. That's your Brian. That's your new favorite sound. <laughs> the stupid Tony laugh. <laughs> Why do you follow it with the rim shot? The Tony laughs enough. Like you go over. Like Brian gets obsessed with sounds. Like before it was the high of Mark Hockman, and then it was the Anthony Chang sound. Don't even play it. I don't want to hear it. You should play it. No. Well, now we need to hear it, cause I've never heard it. That was Brian's cue no to play. I don't even have. You're so slow. I hate you. You're fired. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> this has gone swimmingly. Moving on to last night's game, the Heat beat the Cavs by 19 at home. LeBron still is winless in this city. Going into that game, gentlemen, I thought that was an L. Bam was out. Hassan was out. I am aware of the Kelly Olynyk at the five numbers being very good, but I was scared. And um, the entire game, and I don't know if anybody else felt this way, but, like, the Heat are up by, like, 21, and I'm thinking we're going to be down two uh, at the end of the third quarter. It seemed likely there for a while, yeah, especially in the third when they were making their comeback. I was so I didn't shook. think they'd pull it out. Yeah, I, I really didn't think that they'd be able to to manage a win. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting how LeBron hasn't been able to win back here. I was talking about it last night on our podcast that it didn't seem like he was particularly engaged or aggressive, not – not the version of him that we've seen in the past, particularly in the playoffs. And, like, when he was – I know that Miami did a really good job of, of doing rotations and, and really, like, the help coming. But I don't think he was really particularly interested in going to the rim a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I know he was driving, but it wasn't with the same aggression and force that, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm used to. I don't – I haven't seen a lot of Cleveland this year, but it, it seemed like – it seemed like Miami got away with one with coupled with the bad shooting that the Cavs had. I think there was a play earlier in the in the game where um, obviously James Johnson did a nice job defending LeBron, but LeBron got by him. He just blew right by by James Johnson. At some point, I think it was the first quarter, certainly the first half, and then James recovered. James Johnson recovered on LeBron James and ended up blocking a shot. And I think after that, LeBron was just like, you know what, screw this. Uh, I'm I'm just it's just not my night. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They're they they're playing the second game of a back to back uh, against Charlotte after that, so maybe he was like ah. Charlotte's got nobody to defend me. James Johnson is at least credible at it. So, I don't know. Maybe he took the night off. He didn't look engaged, but I don't. I I don't want to take any credit away from James Johnson either. Or Miami's defense in general. Guys got uh, switched on to him pretty often. Um, they did a nice job defending him, but it wasn't certainly it wasn't playoff LeBron either. I think um, I'm trying to pull up the numbers, but I think LeBron was held to like 30% shooting when James Johnson defended him. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he did a really good job. Like really, really good. So. And that's not new either. I mean, James, he did the same thing last season too. James Johnson just has the, this, the right frame and body type, and he's got enough athleticism, really just enough athleticism in order to, and to do it. And he, he tends to pick up his game um, when he's playing LeBron. So, if he defended like that every game, he would be all, all team defense. I mean, last night, LeBron, uh, when he was guarded by James Johnson, 9.6 six, six turnovers, four of 10 shooting. Uh, and then he had two blocks, uh, two help blocks. On There's some stats. So there we go. We got some numbers. We got some facts. Another uh, little factoid uh, from our own Christian Hernandez, the Maple Rick on Twitter. Uh, when JJ and Justice shared the court last night for 11 minutes, they had a 125 offensive rating and a 67 defensive rating. That equates to a 58.2 net rating. Um, and that's like that's a combo I want to see more because especially with Justice's improved play, um, I think that him as like I think the main problem earlier was you had two kind of non-shooters on the floor, 
while James is not incompetent at it and Justice was, like James Johnson wasn't like any by many metric a good shooter. Now Justice appears to be a pretty reliable shooter, especially from the corners. And I feel like that's really going to help the offense and the defense if they can both share the court together. And I like that. That was for someone to answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I don't want to monopolize the podcast. I'm certainly capable. I mean, Nikias hasn't said anything. That was a good fact. I know. Like, Justice... I think it's still a small sample, though. Um, I think we need to see way more from Justice before we can like start thinking about him as a dependable shooter. You don't trust. I him. like where it's headed. You don't trust. I trust him. At I this trust. Point. Him like, if he's open, now, I trust but... him. If he's open and his feet are set, I trust him. So what about the pairing now you do think works? I mean, they, they seem to have like a pretty redundant skill set, right? They're both ball handlers. They can both initiate offense. They're both versatile defenders. So what about the pairing works now as compared to, you know, earlier in the year? Because you have like two, probably their two best defenders on the team in the same lineup and they can switch whatever they want. They can guard bigger guys. Like if Justice gets switched on to a five, like not that you want him to get switched on to Dwight or, or you know, um, Embiid, but it's not the end of the world. Like they can do a lot of really creative things with those lineups, particularly hiding guys like Dwayne and Goran who haven't been great this year. And yeah, but you were talking about their offensive numbers, though, right? I mean, no, so... no, yeah, no. But but what I'm okay, yeah, you're right. And then but I'm saying that Justice as a shooter, and you when you have those two big ball handlers, you can run a lot of four or five pick and roll. You can run a lot of, and I know Spolster really likes to have guard screen for bigs. You can do more things i actually like and they don't do it a lot when goran screens for justice yes. he did I, it last night i think I, yeah i like that and i want more of that because it was something like a staple of the lebron offense and you can like when you have guys that size that are that good with the ball and they're so strong like and a guard is coming they, to defend you in the pick like come on they could do the the other part of the lebron offense which is when lebron sets the screen you hit him on the roll and he's big enough and athletic enough and just it's in his skill set to kick out after on the roll and that just that could get the the entire defense just just rolling and, and flipping up uh mismatches and stuff like that and we've seen that a couple of times but not really a lot with justice either and i think that could be a, a bigger part of miami's offense they could do it with justice winslow they could probably do it with james johnson too but with but with winslow in particular that's a really good way i don't trust him as a shooter i don't think he's ever going to be a, a a really great shooter but if he's just streaky serviceable a few times serviceable but like i think people focus too much on the consistency of shooting and there's just there's just not that many guys i mean even kelly olenic has times and he was for the season him and, and ellington are the the, th the two best three-point shooters on the heat they both go through a couple games here and there where they're just not making a whole lot of shots and that's just that's the league unless you're steph curry or clay thompson th those are the guys um it's just getting those those bad games uh, those runs of bad games to be fewer and not allowing like a, a not allowing yourself to have a whole month of just sub 30% three point shooting but for Winslow if he could just get streaky more often and keep the droughts uh, uh, fewer yeah, and further between that's all you really need I mean look at Draymond Green right now he can't even shoot 30% from three point range and you just hope that Winslow just doesn't get that bad um, but if he could just hover around 30 to 35% for a season, that's fine. I mean, it's not great, but it's fine. And that, 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 that builds in enough of those streaks where he could be really dangerous. But you know what the problem, like with, with what you're saying about the guys that are streaky except for Clay and Curry, is that most guys don't have a green light to shoot six, seven threes a game. So, you know, if you, if you go 0 for 2, you know, a lot of times, like, you don't really get the chance to try to go 0 for 3. 
Ellington does, and the only time he's really had a drought this season is when he was hurt with his shoulder. So, but Ellington is that's what Ellington does, right? He's a three point specialist. The great thing about Winslow is that he could just a shoot a couple of threes and then miss them and be like, you know what? I'm not taking these anymore. Uh, I'm just going to rebound like hell. I'm going to make a bunch of winning plays. I'm going to facilitate He's more. So good I'm going to set better screens. He could do all of those other things. So if the three point shot's not going that game, fine. Do some other stuff. And then when the three point shooting is going, he becomes a bigger part of the offense, at least from, from a shooting standpoint. I thought. I really and Nikias, I want you to get in on this too. You've been quiet. Um, like we haven't talked enough about they beat LeBron at home again by nineteen and they're in position right now for the seventh seed. And I, I went to the game last night with Brass Jazz and we were talking about like I'm not I'm not sure if the Heat are good, but I I trust them to beat everyone except for the Raptors. Is that weird? Um I wouldn't say it's weird. It's probably higher than I would think, but I'm also the negative one, so you can take that with a grain of salt. Um, I don't know. Miami is just one. They're a high-variance team, especially when it comes to their shooting. You know they're going to defend hard. You know they're going to play hard. You just don't know where to, how the shooting's going to go. But if we, were can... asked on our, we were asked on our podcast, I want to pose this question to you, Nikias. Mm-hmm. On a scale of 0 to 10, how confident are you that the Heat – could make the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, a two, maybe. Two. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's gonna depend. That's no really guts. gonna depend on matchups. Like, if you get Boston, <laughs> then you feel kind of good about an upset there. After that, then what are we looking at? Philly, maybe. Cleveland. Nikias. Yeah, like that. Nikias, you wouldn't pick Heat in a Heat Philly series. Come on, man. No. I would Who, pick Philly. They have nobody to guard Embiid. Well, Hassan Whiteside, fully engaged, diving to the floor, Hassan Whiteside. Thank you, We've David. We've fully engaged Hassan Whiteside like eight times in three years. And they okay. all have been against Embiid. There you go. Can he, do it, can he do it seven times in a series? Or four, because I predict a sweep over Philadelphia. I'm with Ooh. David, dude. I, you know, I was a six. I, I would have put the number to six before. I'm at an eight right now. If they can get the seven seed. <laughs> Look, Philadelphia is, is beating the Knicks right now by 13 points, so that's a little disappointing for them. But um, <laughs> look, if, if the if the if the playoff picture breaks right, Miami ends up having if they they'll end up having Boston in the first round, Philadelphia in the second round, which is definitely look the 76ers are, I think are a better team than Miami. But in the playoffs, anything can happen, and experience starts to factor in more um, as as a factor, Coaching. obviously, and then. And so if you're able to dodge Cleveland in the second round, I'm just saying if the right playoff picture unfolds, Miami has a really easy route. I, I think, David, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I went three on this, right? Because did, that's yeah, Wayne Wade's like, number. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so more likely to knock off Miami in a Philadelphia like I, series. I, I, I so. really talk myself into it, and then I just go one higher than than David. But <laughs> okay, so <laughs> like, who, who would be definitely a path? I just I don't know. I, I see don't know it. how much I trust. I'm, no, I'm here. Like I legitimately talked the other day before this Cleveland game. Actually, before the Indiana game, I talked myself into Heat Cavs game six. I I was there in the second round. I was there because Boston Miami matches up well against that team without a Kyrie Irving. That offense is garbage. Spolstra's not out here losing to Brad Stevens. And Spolstra's absolutely not out here losing to Brent Brown. Get out of here. And, <laughs> like, if if they – and this was, like, before I even thought – Hey, shout, shouts to Spo, by the way. We're The Heat are 1-0 since Spo had his kid. 
The Heat are 0-1 when Dan Craig is out here trying to ruin everything. So we'll maybe we'll get into that later. Hashtag Go back to the Craig. G League. Go Hashtag back to the D League, Dan Craig. Chris Quinn for so the um, what 76ers player most likely to be the random scrub heat killer? Bellinelli or Sarge? Oh, no, it's absolutely Bellinelli. No, it's Bellinelli is going to have one of those neckbeard games that is going to get us all mad. He's going to hit all sorts of garbage. And there's going to be one closeout. For nine for three, yeah. from three. And then the last closeout, Wade's not even going to like run. He's going to look at him, and then he's going to know because he's been here long enough that he knows. So I, that's why I really wanted Bellinelli to be signed by the Heat at the at the trade deadline when the Hawks were releasing people because you knew that he was going to get picked up by an Eastern Conference team and just go off, and that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. And the next time the, the Sixers played the Heat, he just went off from three-point range. But I'm already predicting this. Wayne Ellington, he's not going to be back in Miami. There's just no way they're going to re-sign him. Marco we're Bellinelli about happy things. We're talking about happy things today. Marco <laughs> Bellinelli for the cheap? That's Which, happy. You know, I Can I say a happy fact? Yes. They're gonna drop the next two games. They're not beating the Bulls or the Nets. Of course, like, we realize they just no. They're gonna go one and one. They're gonna go one and one. They're gonna go one and one because that's who they. I been. think they're going zero and two, and then they're gonna blow out the Hawks. In both games, because there's a home and home game with the Hawks. Yeah, and then they're gonna lose to the Knicks. Nice. Yeah, it's gonna be a wild ride. Sounds about right. Oh God, Trey Burke is absolutely gonna light somebody up. <laughs> oh, Trey oh, Burke scares me so much. <laughs> you Did know, you guys uh, see that? Uh, Ben Simmons, uh, Cat, uh, were playing uh, Player Underground uh, Battlegrounds, and they were talking about the Hawks. Yeah. Ben's like, uh, Ben asks Cat, he goes, I forgot. <laughs> well, yeah, he asked him to that play the great game. Story. Right? And he's like, you don't, you don't have anything to worry about because you're facing the Hawks tomorrow, so you can play all night. So it doesn't really matter. You know, it's not like you have to go to bed early and rest up. You know, you're going up against Dwayne Dedman or Mike Muscala. I don't even know who they have starting in their front court. To be honest with you, David Ramil saving our podcast. Jack yeah, I think I killed that story. Jack is incompetent. <laughs> I was actually going to tell a great Wayne Ellington stat about how, um, because you know, we're talking about random scrub heat killers. Looking at Wayne's shot chart for his career when he played against the Heat, Oof. it looks similar to Steph Curry by percentages. <laughs> like, every three-point zone is above 40%, and, like, one corner 75%. The right corner, Wayne Ellington was a 75% shooter against the Heat. That's amazing. That's, Which, it sounds about right. Marcus yeah. Thornton is, like, the all-star, though. Like, Marcus Thornton was, like, crazy, dude. That's Marcus why the Heat kept trying to sign him for those couple of years. My man's out here shooting like 60% from like eight different zones against the Heat. I was like, okay, okay, dude. Who's in, Who's young in the league right now? Because all those guys were sort of like they're out. They're on year their way six, out. seven, eight years when they were like hitting that. Yeah, now they're on their way out. So who are the new guys? Who are the new random scrub heat killers that Jamie are kind of? Torian Prince? Jamie Lillard doesn't count because he's an NBA killer. <laughs> Torian Prince is a good one. Torian Prince is a great one. Um, Trey Burke coming up in that Knicks game. He's definitely one. Kojo, does he count? Mm. Where is he now? I think he's with – um. he's not with Toronto. Where is he? I just – didn't they just play him? I just saw him on TV the other day. Wow. I would say Fred Van Vliet, but he's kind of good, so it's like not yeah, it doesn't total scrub. Is, is Corey Joseph even a scrub? He's wow. just a guy that looks like a scrub. Didn't Wait, Marshawn Brooks just get on a team? Corey Joseph's on the Pacers. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, he played against Miami on Sunday. That's, I was like, I know That's I just right. saw him. 
Well, Reason okay. Lopez, whenever he plays Hassan. <laughs> no, white centers there. against the Heat. Just like white centers in general. <laughs> like, they can't, they have a problem with white centers. That's why they got well, white. White centers except for Alex Lynn because Hassan takes that personally. <laughs> Engage Hassan. See, if we have engaged Hassan, like, come on, man. I, I just I just can't trust it. I worry I about love- Bam in the playoffs. Like, I think that's going to be like a very, like, this is going to be the shortest hook. Oh, he's ever. not playing. Can he's we talk playing. about Let's he's talk not about play. that because I don't, I don't think he should play. He's not going to play. Against the Sixers? No. no. Why? To, to, to guard who? Ilyasova? I mean, uh, Rashawn Holmes? I, I mean, I, I don't even know that Rashawn Holmes plays for Philadelphia. So at what point do you bring in Bam at all? If, you, if you've got a healthy Kelly Olenek, he's likely to get the backup minutes at the five. So I don't see – I mean, assuming, again, that Hassan Whiteside would be healthy. I mean, you're thinking that that Whiteside probably plays 28 to 30 minutes. That only allows 18 to 20 minutes for Olenek if he's playing at the five. You really don't want to play Olenek and Whiteside together because that's been a nightmare. Um, so, yeah, that's I, I'm not sure Bam gets off the bench unless it's a break in case of emergency type so, situation, but he won't break part of the regular rotation. Olenek with Hassan, Bam, and Jordan Mickey off the court, that he'd have a 118 offensive rating and a 109 defensive rating in the 886 minutes. What does that mean? They're plus ten. They're very good. They have a very, very good offense. How many? I don't know about. I, I don't like the lineup stats. I don't like they. they you don't like on-off stats. stats with Kelly Olynyk at the five? That's rather specific. Not when you start saying like two-man and three-man. No, no, no I'm not. I'm saying the other two. No, no, I'm saying Kelly on with Hassan, Bam, and Jordan off. That's all the centers. So that's that's. Oh, I see. Kelly at the five. When yes. Kelly, when Kelly plays five. So when Kelly Olynyk plays center. Yes, they have a 118 offensive rating and a 108 defensive rating. That's plus 10 in almost 900 minutes. He's given up a lot of points defensively, though. It is, but he's not good defensively. Like he's he's not. But that's okay. I think the best the best option there is playing him next to James Johnson because he'll give you a little bit of rim protection. If they start switching stuff too, that's good. I kind of like the Bam Olenek combination. I know we're talking about sort of the playoffs here, but going forward, I, I really like that combo. That seems to when you have Olenek at the four. I like Justice. I think that works. I like Justice and Olenek. Let's together. put Justice to five. Why not? I Listen, I am here. <laughs> listen. Okay. Justice better. Spole, stop being a coward and play Justice at the five. I've seen you how do many, it. How many players in the league have Justice Winslow's skill set? I want to hear what you guys think. Andre Iguodala and James Johnson. Iggy ain't guarding no fives. True. No, I mean, I, Justin, I think, I mean yeah, Justice we'll can't really guard fives either. He can guard fives. LeBron. He guarded Valanciunas two years ago. He was fine. Do you guys remember, like, Valanciunas was torching Miami. and Valanciunas is a star. They got so lucky. I don't know if Valanciunas is good. Shorting, he's shooting, like, 40% on threes this season. Is Valanciunas a good player? I don't know the answer. I don't know. He is right the up. perfect – He is the per, whatever Dwayne Casey is doing with Valanciunas is what Spolstra – should be doing with Whiteside going forward. He only plays in like 20 to 25 minutes a game, and he's really effective in those. He can go hard in 20 and 25 minutes a game. That's where Whiteside's next. Dog, try to sell Hassan on the Jonas Valanciunas system. I, mean, I don't think he wants no, to hear that. Hey, the Hassan, Raptors would sweep the Well, they already, they're working on it because they, they took his minutes down by like about three minutes a game this season, take him by, down by another three minutes next season. You got to slowly chip away at it. Yeah, I was noticing this the other day, and this isn't a, any great revelation or anything like that, but Valanciunas, despite all appearances to the contrary, he's a lot quicker than Hassan Whiteside, which is kind of scary. Like, Whiteside is just so plodding, and I just don't know that he can do a lot of what Valanciunas... Forget about the range. Just even around the rim, 
I don't know that he's as skilled as Valanciunas, and that isn't you know saying much in particular. I think Hassan has touch. I think that that's probably like his best gift. Like he does have touch around the basket. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's his best skill set. The length he starts like other than just what length. Yeah, he should shoot threes exclusively. <laughs> Yo. Oh no. Didn't Jordan Mickey take a three last night? He, he did yeah. in rhythm. He was, he was wide open. He was wide open. They dared him but to take it. Isn't that what his his skill set was? Isn't he a three and B player in the G League? That was the whole point. He was a guy who can shoot threes <laughs> and get blocked. <laughs> they have a lot of those guys just launch jumpers in the G League when they just don't have any other skill set. I feel like, but. Let me tell you something. I want an NCAA tournament of G League teams because that would be way better than the March Madness basketball. Because <laughs> they're playing for something. I It'd mean, they're actually anarchy, playing for dude. money. I mean, that's all in college players. It's for the sanctity of school and all the BS that comes with it. But, you know, in the G League, they're playing for money. It's something legitimate, a concern for their jobs and their well-being. Award them a so those... minimum contract, like whoever. whoever. <laughs> it would be a bloodbath. There, there would be like a hurt player out there just to get shot. <laughs> Oh no! Wait, we fixed March Madness. <laughs> That's why Tyler Johnson got it out, got out of there. They tried to knock his teeth out. He was like, "That doesn't bother me. I'm going to keep playing." And he got out. I was at the game last night, and I booed Tyler Johnson for flopping against LeBron. I was like, "How dare!" Can we he? talk about why you hate Tyler Johnson? Can we discuss this? I know this has been discussed it's, on your podcast. We talk okay, about yeah, it all you know the time. What? This is perfect but because I, I want to have this. It's argument. a bit. It's, it's not a bit. Hold on, wait, Jack. We're tired of it, Gianni. No, hold on, wait. You got to stop. This you is going to lead into something important. Great because. I do hate Tyler Wait. Johnson, but I also hated Kelly Olynyk. I still yes. don't like Kelly Olynyk. But um, I was so excited. There's a trend time. here. I want to. I want to. I want to flip my question. I want to flip my question. On a scale of one to ten, oh, God, how good is Tyler Johnson? Ten as being, a basketball player. Yeah. Four. As a human being. As a meditator. Is ten as a meditator like one. LeBron? As a basketball player, probably four or five. Four point five. Why is he? Why isn't he? lower why isn't he a two to you because why i do i think i think his skill set i think he's a he's a good shooter and i think he's a good cutter i think he's a good finisher like when you give him the ball where he needs to get it um i think he's a good defender i think he's i think he's good at those things sounds just, like he's a really good player that sounds I, like a i think he's bad at other things yeah but that guy disappears all the time and if you know he's too small and i don't like <laughs> him and his teeth are ugly the, oh. the positive, all the positive things you said sounded really good, and now it just sounds like you're coming up like with, if, okay, with negatives if, there. Okay, I feel the, like I got you to the say negatives. Nice hold on, wait, Wes. The negatives lawyer. is that they're paying him twenty million dollars to not his be fault. a glorified like bench player. Okay, you can have an issue with. Okay, that's fine, but like you got to separate those two things. No, I, I and I've been have, on record. Should the Heat be trying to trade Tyler? Yes, yes. they they should because if well, you shouldn't boo him if you're at the game. Well, cause he's elbowing the guy who's about to come next year and bring Kawhi Leonard. I can't like we cannot let him do that. Okay, like That's Tyler's gonna happen. ruin this for everyone with his contract and with shoes? his actions. He has the, to the, the shoes that LeBron was wearing. That's what that's what makes you think that he's gonna sign next Dude, year in Miami. It, this right? is happening. Like I like we talked earlier about like no facts, whatever. Like I could tell you with fact, he's coming. This is happening. Um, no. Hashtag for the culture. They're gonna have to get rid of Kelly and they're gonna get get rid of TJ and something else. But they got to make this work. Um, no. But I do want to take this time to apologize to one Kelly Olenek. I didn't like him. I still don't like him. Um, I think he's a dirty hippie. Uh, a dirty hippie? A dirty hippie. And um, I've been wrong about Kelly Olenek. If you remember the show that uh, that we did the day he came here, they signed him. I was very angry. 
and uh, I have a montage of how wrong I've been about Kelly Olenek. Moving on to Kelly Olenek and his uh, smelly hippie contract. Olenek tees up the three. Come on. But I don't understand why you tether yourself to anyone for four years, much less Kelly Olenek. And it blocked by Olenek. In he today's NBA, a guy like that, he's just a guy. He's not special. He's just a guy. Olenek and a foul. Kelly, oh my Olenek. Oh. What asset? Kelly Olenek's an asset now? Olenek down the lane, slammed it home. What a play by Olenek. You criticize the Kelly Olenek move because you care, because you're passionate, because you love the team. And because he's and a smelly hippie. I was wrong. I apologize, Kelly. I have to eat my favorite, that. my favorite thing about that whole montage was that was was Eric Reed going Kelly, oh my Linux like one and only time. That my made favorite me laugh thing about Eric so Reed are the, the the off the cuff nicknames he comes up with, and then you could tell he just hated it immediately and never goes <laughs> back to it again. You know, I he's like I love that he because when Beasley was in Miami, he never called Beasley by name. Like he always called Beasley by name, and now when he left, he calls him the Beezer. And every time he comes into town, he's using the Beezer. And I was like, that wasn't a thing before. Where did he get that? Super cool bees. Does he, how many times does he listen to the broadcast? Every time, like every broadcast. He, he listens to it and re-listens to it, right? Just to see what he gets right and, and more than that, he wants to incorporate into the next game. Like, I know legitimately he is a work freak. Like, he is so meticulous about prep. So I wouldn't – I wouldn't – I mean, like, for the joke – it's funny to imagine Eric Reed watching himself over and over again and saying lines in the mirror because that is funny. But I, I have heard that like he's like a super um, like obsessive prep person. Like he reads a lot and he does research. So, um, well, it's like in in like a press you know scrums or whatever. Like the way he in Orlando, which is where I've seen him, like he just sits back so casually, like. Like he, he owns the place. It's hilarious. Like you know, even with other Orlando media there and everybody else, he's just casually chilling, legs crossed, and then he just you know he starts asking Frank Vogel questions like he knows Frank so well from his time in Indiana during the the Heat play. It's it's an amazing thing to see, to be honest with you. It just he's, and Tony doesn't say a damn thing. It's hilarious. Like Tony's just there for window decoration. Eric <laughs> as the one asking all the questions. Tony's That's eye right. candy, man. I I saw I saw uh, both of them in Sacramento in their recent and when Miami lost that game I was there and it was the same exact thing they pulled Spolster away for a broadcaster only meeting with yes. the coach yeah. and and Tony just like is not even in the huddle he just stands behind Eric <laughs> over him. and Eric's asking all the questions and Tony will just sort of nod there and, and try to stay awake um, yeah it's great we had we had Eric Reed on the show I think what was that David like a couple of years ago uh, I, it was the last off season wasn't it. Yeah, and he, he was talking about his show prep, and it is intense. I mean, he goes through so he goes through all the motions um, in a good way for every single game. I can't even imagine doing that for 82 games. That's um, the difference between season. our shows because you guys do a very professional interview with Eric Reed asking him about show prep, and we had Tony on, and we asked him if he was looking at Heat Dancers during uh, – Was he? I didn't hear. I heard the first part of it. I did not hear that question being Tony, answered. We asked Tony if he uh, – Brian, do you have the, you have the clip? I have a clip. The so. short version. I'll try to skip through the part at the end. Never mind. Um, I can do it. Let's do it. Okay, fine. <laughs> Play it. So, are you familiar ah. with? Um, there's a there's a famous Vine that circulates on Twitter, where uh, you and Eric are doing a post game show, 
and uh, Eric is talking, and then uh, he taps you. Uh, he taps you like on your leg because you know you're looking away from the camera, and you come, you turn right. around, and you say, "Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. I was looking at some stats." But you weren't looking at some stats because the stats were in front of you. Coach, what were you looking at? Uh, you know, everybody makes a lot of. Uh, they like to put their own thing on that whole thing. I I had seen a friend, and I was staring at him as he left. I was trying to get his attention. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't even paying attention that we were back on the air. Now I've never done that. In, I that's know. the only time I've ever done that in 15 years. I know. And so people were making fun of, you know, what was he looking at? What was he entranced with? I was just simply looking at a friend. A lot of speculation. And, uh, folks. So Tony that's, denies. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a, Tony came on this podcast. Let me, I, I want to know how you, how have you ever tried to get attention? How, think of all the ways you ever tried to get a friend's attention. Was any Staring of them trying to stare yeah. through yeah. their soul until they looked around? <laughs> no. Like a creepy direct stare. That's it. That's it. You're, you're, that's the clue for you to turn around and, get, and make eye contact. Brian, can you get the sound of him, like of the actual vine? Is that something that you can produce? Yes. Okay. Give me, me like 40 seconds. But that's fine. Well, so yeah, then I'll, just, I'll set like this Eric, up. Super professionally, though, he just nudges his arm like, hey, Tony, we're on. I've been talking for the last 20 seconds. Can you interject something here? The best part is Tony's like kind of breathing after when he's like, looking at some stats. It's like he had to take a deep breath because whatever he saw was out of this world. It was Bernie. It was Bernie doing something graphic. Oh, my God. I love him so much. I'm going to miss him. What do you think about Karate coming in? Oh, my God. That's going to be awful. It's going to be dry. This I like Karate, but you've I, seen the I really players like only Eric crap, Reed. right? You've oh, seen God. the players only yeah, crap. Yeah, it's terrible. And you've seen Karan Butler, you've seen Karan Butler just kind of struggle his way through these sideline interviews. Karan Butler should have been with the Heat broadcast crew as the color guy, or and and part-time sideline guy under Jax, and just sort of shadow Jax a little bit. He sh- that's what he should have been doing. I agree. And then and then yeah. after a couple of years he can go to the big network, ESPN, TNT, whoever wants to have him at that point. But he's struggling on the players only thing. It's it's awkward. It's I feel bad for Karan Butler. Karan Butler next to Eric would have been something at least different. Well, why not Chris Bosch then? I mean he would have been perfect for Chris Bosch is already Chris good Bosch on is TV. never setting foot in that building again. Bosch is TNT. He's too and big he, for us. He's already yeah. good. Bosch, we got to understand that I think Udonis would be good at it. Like, Udonis no. has done this thing on Instagram where, no. like, he's taking videos. No, I like it. He, he'd be terrible. Like, he'd be talking about wanting to kick that guy's ass. I know. What do you mean that's terrible? That's amazing. Well, it wouldn't, wouldn't be exactly, quote-unquote, professional. It wouldn't be either. heat culture. It's, like, it's underground <laughs> it culture. It's, it's underground culture because it's not, like, culture, but it's culture. You know how, you know how like, the heat – organization will repurpose guys instead of just fire them or get rid of them you know they're they're making tony like in charge of summer camp yeah, or something ambassador now of no sé vaina. yeah so i think uh what if they did that with us on white side like what if instead of <laughs> playing well, center, under contract. Made, director of daycare <laughs> no 25 like 20 million dollars a year to sit next to eric and be the color guy i'm oh here for God, that, that would be i'm, I'm, I'm oh, here no. i am here for that Absolutely not. Absolutely. You can't do that to Eric Reed, though. He would quit. <laughs> I feel if like Tony Eric didn't make him quit. Eric cares a lot about making a very good professional like broadcast, and it comes off in his broadcasting. Like he tries to keep up with the game. We've talked about that. 
And I feel like he gets frustrated with Tony when Tony's just kind of like Nothing screwing around. <laughs> and can you imagine Hassan just getting <laughs> distracted by people walking by just like as the game's going on? He's just going to stop watching for like five minutes. He'd, he'd be, be talking to celebrities on the sideline in the middle of snapping. a broadcast. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be snapping That'd be the, the best broadcast. part. He'd bring his fish. For kids cast, they could bring on Assad, DJ Khaled's son. <laughs> Let me tell you, um, somebody, somebody, think, someone I just mentioned the fish. My favorite, Heat Beat has done a lot of things. We've done things I'm very proud of, this podcast, some of the video stuff, the, the, the writing, so many things. There is nothing I am more proud of that this media establishment has done than when Jack on the Heat Beat account live tweeted Hassan's episode of Tanked. That was a good episode. That was so funny. I can't. And like Hassan's a treasure, and I would never want him to leave. Because that's like, why you make him the color guy. Because that was, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys like this, and Dawood, his cousin. I want to see Hassan in like a different setting, though. By by that I mean I want him off the team, but like I would like to see <laughs> him, like I'd I'd it's like to see you, how he me. lived in like Utah or. You know, no, just I want like him on the Knicks. Miami. I want maximum disaster. I want him on the Knicks. Oh no! On the Knicks would be incredible. It would. The Lakers. He would just. Incredible. He would put up so many numbers, and he would be like so arrogant. It would be the. So we're best. talking about. We're talking about a front court of Whiteside, Cantor, and Beasley. Let's do it. <laughs> yes, mean, I'm so okay. sign me up. Bring that Jason. would make that would make the Heat Knicks games much more entertaining than what I'd they be are a Knicks fan because they are miserable I'd, right I'd now. I'd change oh, allegiances. God. I would just watch Nick games. I'd buy the like Nick season ticket, the season package, and they should just hire Fizdale and do that. Fizdale get... would make him into an Eastern Conference Finals contender. Is he going to get another job? He should. Who's up? Who, what positions are going to be open at the end of the season? Orlando, Bucks, I mean, Milwaukee, the Bucks, Philly, Milwaukee. They're going to fire Brim Brown. Miami. No, they're not. They're trying no, to get his not. ass out of there. No, they're not. They love him there. Did you see Miami? San Antonio. Jack, did you say Miami? <laughs> I think he should try to steal Pop's job. Nice. <laughs> I think he could do it. Take that for data. Yeah. No, he's a charming man. I think get him in a room with somebody. At the end of the day, he's going to have one of the best jobs in the league. That's Milwaukee funny. would be the best spot for him. For Milwaukee yeah. would be cool. Yeah. That yeah. would be a great let, spot for him. Let him turn Giannis into... Um, LeBron slash Bosch. That's where, but that's where Patino's gonna go. What about Phoenix? What about Detroit? I would never wish that on Fizdale. Phoenix. Ugh. But yeah. hold on, you know, and this brings up an interesting conversation because my, my Patino joke. Because if we have, and this is just like a hypothetical, we have the FBI snooping around in college basketball. You don't think that's gonna prompt some coaches to be like, mm, let me leave? Well, it's not like they can make that jump immediately. I mean, yeah, that's great that it's Calipari great that they're can't recruiting get whatever job he wants. specialists. Patino well, no, can't get a job. I mean, maybe not Patino. No, now, no, Patino, no, 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 absolutely not. Not, not like now. The, not now. No, 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 no. Even He's without the scandal. Well, you see not. the I don't. I don't think it's doing anything. You see the Xavier guy just took the Louisville job, and he was a good coach. And he didn't even wait for the NBA season to be over. He just jumped at the Louisville job. Like that's going to be a, a good weird, job. Man. Making the transition from the college ranks to the NBA is not something that's easy, I think. And I don't think a lot of guys in the league appreciate it. Like, even a guy like Spolstra 
gets a lot of crap. As good a coach as he is and as revered as he is around the league, the fact that he didn't play and didn't earn his stripes, quote-unquote, is something that a lot of players hold against him, which is ridiculous. Do they still? Yeah, absolutely. Hell, in Ray Allen's book, he talks about it. Like, he loves Doc Rivers, who we all know to be a you know a middling coach at best, and he knocks on Spolster for not being a former player in this league, not knowing what it's like to be a player and to go through the grind, et cetera. Like, that happened? Wait, Ray Allen wrote that? Yeah, yeah. I've got an advanced copy of the book, and he says that about Spolster, that he loves Doc Rivers and that Spolster doesn't get him and runs him through these long-ass practices, not knowing what it's like to be an NBA veteran, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Do you think he would feel wait, that we, way we if... Just, we just broke news. I don't know about all that. I don't think no, that, locked on. He wrote that weeks ago, book. man. Sorry. <laughs> you don't give us anything good, man. You're supposed to be the guest. You're supposed to bring us the good stuff. I you feel like you didn't know it, so it was good enough. I feel um, like everyone who listens to Locked On Art is like the ki- are the kinds of people that would get uh, advanced copies of books. Our audience doesn't read books. <laughs> they're not readers, okay? They like they're visual learners. They like to watch. They like to be told. They like anime. They like anime. Hey, man. What's up? Hey. Your question. Do you like anime? Huh? Do you like anime? Nah, ain't my thing, man. That's what I thought. That is, of course, (laughs) Brass Jazz, our very own Brass Jazz, asking Tyler Johnson if he likes anime. That's that's quality journalism right there. That is, listen, that's, that's, you know, that's what got Brass on Heat Beat. He did that, and Brian and I thought it was so funny that we just, like, blindly offered him a job. Good work. Well, not Good a work. Job. Get paid. I mean, <laughs> listen, you will take your indentured servitude and you will like it. Oh. Okay, uh, Bucko. Okay, but here's the question Do you feel like Ray Allen would feel that way about Spolstra if he had played for him earlier in his career? I thought like, you were going to say something. When else. he wasn't just old as hell. Like, because I feel like Ray Allen was just in it for. The rain. I mean, he didn't really do much towards the end of his career. What are you talking like, with about? With the Heat, I don't think he really contributed to the Heat in yes, any he significant did. way. That... Is what I'm saying. I you... could think of one. I, yeah, uh, I, could, I could think of one. I can't <laughs> think of one shot he's ever made. Not that, one. Like, no. Just nothing comes to he mind. Was, he was in the Mike Miller role. Yeah. I mean, at the end, My, at Mike the end, Miller didn't do much either. But Ray well, he, was like he, a legitimate ball handler on this team. Like they'd run offense with him, they'd start sets with him. They'd like they used him in a lot of the LeBron sets as a screen setter. Him and, and Chalmers, which was like yeah, no, he was like effective. a backup point guard for a little bit. No, he he did he did speak glowingly of the locker room. Like that was one thing he did maintain was that he is and this is or his words to paraphrase that he had never seen such camaraderie as he did in the Miami Heat locker room. Like the whole. Uh, Harlem Shuffle and everything else that that was that was something that he really loved about that in comparison to Boston, Milwaukee, Seattle, all the other teams he's played with. Yeah, well, and we've I've written about that before. How like that locker room seems so insulated because what they did was so counterculture at the time. Yeah, and everyone didn't like it. And you know what's funny is that not that LeBron and Dwayne are millennials, but it kind of like reeked of millennialism. Everything that happened, and it was kind of at a turning point culturally in this country. And they did that, and they were hated. And that locker room became insulated, and by extension, the fan base became insulated. And that's why Heat Twitter is the way it is. That's why Heat fans are the way they are, 
they're kind of a product of the team that they watch when the internet, specifically social media, boomed. So, like, that's all really interesting in a kind of, like, cultural um, lens aspect of it. That seemed way too serious for our show. No, no, that makes sense. I mean, you think about the the Heat's media. The Heat started uh, at the time when they started. Weren't you know most expansion franchises are very bad for a very long time, but the Heat they were bad those first few years, but they eventually, um, towards the late '90s, became a real threat in the Eastern Conference. And I think even that people they just sort of not taking the league by surprise, but just sort of going almost out of counter to the rest of how expansion teams work, also kind of provided that little bit of it there's always a different edge to the heat i feel like and you have all of that combined with the the south beach flu which is less of a thing now but more was more of a thing in the 90s and the early 2000s was a thing last night let me tell you no it can't it could could have been right i mean this is lebron james and the Cavs. what do you think they did in miami that they can't do anywhere else across the league let me say have you been to live (laughs) i've not no okay it's a little different LeBron yeah. likes live. Well, like and like but LeBron doesn't go to live in the in the regular season. If he was at live, we would know. Yeah, was, I feel like, like that'd be all. He was somewhere. He was, he was in somewhere. his hotel room drinking wine with Dwayne Wade. We haven't talked enough about Jeez. Dwayne Wade and his thirty-six-year-old ass and his bad knees blocking LeBron, and we haven't talked about that twice. That bu- what do you mean, eh? That building went crazy. You know how fun that was when D-Wade got up there and blocked LeBron? And then he did it again. Is there pettiness still? Like, we got to ask questions whether or not this was, like, a legitimate team petty win. But oh, yeah. is there still lingering pettiness against LeBron? I mean, no, we want him back. but the- There can't be. We want we want to beat him. Like, it's always, like, it's always nice when – Like, how are you guys downplaying the fact that the Heat down their two centers – at home in a game that they needed for the seventh seed against a potential playoff opponent with the second best player in franchise history, third best player, sorry, Udonis, with the third best player in franchise history uh, playing against you, you go in and you thoroughly kick their ass on national well, television. You embarrass them in front of, none of everybody. It happens, none of it happens without player, Jordan Mickey's elbow. Jordan Mickey is out here being a hero, taking out that Capri Sun Kevin Love word to lefty lace. <laughs> like, we're out here doing Ooh, these things. Capri Sun? And What's we've talked for 45 minutes on this show about not, like, us kicking the Cavs' ass. Like, we took it to them. And come on. Like, that was awesome. That was <laughs> I fun. I won't be impressed unless they win the next three What games. are you doing? The next four Why games. are you urinating on this? That was amazing. Like, it's they one game. went in and they beat a they beat probably the team that's going to make the finals by 19 points, and that team was never in the game. And they got their ass kicked by Wayne Ellington and and Justice Winslow and, <laughs> and that dirty Ozell hippie Kelly Olenek and Jordan Mickey and Dwayne freaking Wade. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to get off this podcast without without calling you out for disrespecting Mario Chalmers like that. Who me? Yeah, I love Mario the, Chalmers. You said LeBron was the third now. best. Thir- LeBron was the third best player. In oh, you're history. right. Fourth best. Fourth best. My bad. At least. Well, yeah, Udonis is the third after Mario. I mean, for being Alonzo, where does he rank? Fifth, right behind LeBron. Yeah. Wait, who? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. One, I gotta, I gotta come at you for saying that the Cavs are the most likely team to make the finals. Like the, the Raptors the don't exist. 
I, listen, I'm I'm on record of saying Toronto Houston NBA Finals. I own that statement. I'm here for that. I own that. That's happening. I don't think you own that. I I said that. No, I, I owned it. It's mine. It's mine, and it's Heat beats. I'll get it trademarked. And um, I own that. But I think the Cavs are probably like the public favorite to make the final. No. From like a casual fan, I think like a lot of people. I think there's like a lot of people that are starting to think, hey, maybe the Raptors could do this. But I think league wide, um, you still have a lot of people who just can't pick against LeBron. Like I can't pick against LeBron, but like I'm starting to feel like the Raptors might have a chance. I, the Toronto. guys, Yo. you've been quiet, man. Chime in. Uh, I think Toronto is the favorite right now to come out of the East. I mean, we have to see how their bench holds up. They're playing a lot of young guys. Um, you know, LeBron is always LeBron. But, I mean, Toronto has enough youth, enough athleticism. Their offense is transformed. I mean, if anybody can do it, it's them. and They should be the favorites right now with the way they played all year. The Raptors are a better team than the Cavaliers. They just right, oh, they absolutely. are right now. I mean, it's, yeah. and they have. They, it really what comes down for Toronto is can OJ o, OG and Anubi defend LeBron at all? That's a Jack's real hard so thing. Happy. We got. No I know we got question. an Indiana fan here, but it's that. That's the biggest question for them because other than that, look, the Cavaliers. Their secret weapon against Toronto in a matchup is going small because. Serge is just not very good, and if they play him at the five, I think that Kevin Love roasts that. Uh, Serge Ibaka hasn't been a good defender in three years. So um, that's, I think, the problem for them is in the front court. And then, of course, there's the whole Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan in the playoffs. Can they actually keep doing this? But I don't know. Outside of Cleveland and Toronto, who is the most likely team to come? Like, let's just say Cleveland and Toronto, they, those two places fall off the earth right now. Which team in the East would be most likely to come out? Who do, I, th- who do I think or who do I think the public thinks? The Heat. Well, I'm asking you people. The, the public heat. within the, the people here. The Heat. The Heat. No. Uh, Washington. Washington? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. As long I think as John the Wall Celtics, if they get the right matchups. The Celtics, the Celtics with that offense? That team is not good. I think it's entirely matchup dependent. Without though. Kyrie like, Irving, I think if you get him, okay, yeah. Without that's, Kyrie Irving, you're throwing out Marcus. Sm- oh no, he's Brad out for the Stevens year too. Is the best coach. You're going to talk NBA. about Jalen Brown taking a team to the get the hell out of here, Jalen Brown, and who's the other guy? Like Rozier. Him. Get the hell out of here, man. No, I, like I hate them. You hate them. I, I really hate like them. This I'm so team. sick of them. I'm sick of Jalen Brown's stupid face. I'm sick of Rozier. I'm sick of Danny Ainge's buck ass teeth. Calm down. I hate him. I'm so, so annoyed. I'm sick of Brad Stevens. They're annoying. They're like, they're like Brad Stevens. Is they annoying. think that they invented the process. And I was like, dude, shut the hell up. What's your opinion on Semi Ujale? I hate him too. <laughs> you <laughs> can't hate those muscles. I'm. I'm just like, it's it's reached a boiling point that I, I like. I can't stand that team. I haven't hated I really like a team. This team. Man, I haven't hated a team in a long time, but I I really can't. Stand well, who's that. the one player in the league that that you hate the most, then Yanni? What like one player? <laughs> Tyler Johnson. Other than Ty- on not on the Heat. Um, okay, because Kelly Olynyk would have been number two. Matthew Dellavedova. Hmm. There's fair. a trend here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, Delavadova is legitimately like a trash person. Like, get out of here. I wish Todd Gibson has curb stomped him. On our show, I have a similar reputation, by the way. So I I feel you. Of not liking guards? Of not liking white basketball players. Whoa! Um, I never said that. It's my reputation. I'm not saying I do or I don't. I just, that's kind of what's happening. Oh, and I don't like white Uh, basketball players. I'll say it. You know. I'll say it. (laughs) <laughs> My guy's Lance Stevenson. I can't stand watching that guy. I play. love Lance Stevenson. How could you hate Lance? <laughs> Don't like it. He's the best. I want him here. Thanks. Mm-mm. He's no. hilarious. You ever notice how he skips around, down the court? It's my favorite. I love it. I do it with him. Like, I'll stand up and I'll do it in my living room. Yeah. I can't stand watching that guy play. Why? I don't like the guys who think that they're the best player on the team when they're very clearly not. So you don't, like Mario, Waiters. So you don't like Mario Chalmers. Mario, Mario Chalmers was good. He could bat, he, but he was the best player. On the <laughs> Yo, court. I'm he so sorry. How could I forget? Lance Stevenson can't back it up. That's the difference between Stant. I like it and, more and when they can't back it up. Like I like the guy. Like they, even when you're not even good, how you like you. Believe I can't even imagine how Pacers fans watch him because Lance Stevenson. He he is so cocky. He will just skip down the court like nobody could touch me. I'm just gonna skip down this motherfucker and then does it and then turns the ball over immediately. That's literally like he's literally me. Like when I play sports, that's me. Like I'm like, like I I play volleyball and like I'm like an okay volleyball player, but like man, if I get a really good hit in, you're not gonna stop hearing it for like three games. I'm Lance. Wow, I'm Lance Stevenson. I've had this revelation. Oof. That explains why you liked this Cavs win because it's just kind of like this one meaningful great moment <laughs> in a sea of terrible mediocrity. Just. They're gonna lose to the Bulls. They're gonna I lose cannot to the Nets. believe that and we did how a are you show. gonna still feel good about this Cavs win when it's sandwiched in between a Pacers loss, a Thunder loss, a Bulls loss, a Nets loss, and two Hawks losses. <laughs> Jesus. I hate you because I don't know how you can just all have no answer for this. I hate you because I think they're gonna lose I think they're gonna lose one of the Bulls and the Nets, because that's just who they are. But I hate oh, you because like, dude, like Okay, whatever. Like, I don't think they're that good. But, like, let's try to be happy. Let's, like, talk ourselves into Heat, Raptors, Eastern Conference Finals. Let's talk ourselves into Heat, Cavs, Game 6, at home, series is tied. Uh, no, series can't be tied. Um, Cavs up, Heat trying to stay in it. D-Wade has to hit a game winner to force a Game 7. Like, that's what I want to do. Let's be here for that, man. I want to revive cocky Heat fan. I want those days back. And you're out here... Trying to urinate on my happiness, urinate on the public's happiness, and I'm not going to let you do that because I want to come on here and celebrate and be happy because we're getting LeBron and we're getting Kawhi Leonard and we're going to make the finals against the Raptors because we're going to win even though I picked them to to go to the finals. That's okay. And the Warriors are hurt, so they may have a chance. Maybe Dion comes back. Maybe Dion. Okay. See, all right, this, that's enough. Let me Dang. say this. It fell apart at the end. <laughs> Their last win before this Cavs Brian, win. turn that off. I hate when you steal from other shows. Turn it off. I hate when you steal from Levitard. I don't want to do this. Number one, this is copyright hey, on the music. Hey, it's Mark Hockman. Hey, this is Mark Hockman. Hey, guys, it's Anthony Chang from the Turn it off! You were doing such a good job producing, and now I hate you. Like, I'm legitimately angry. I'm, like, legitimately really mad at you. 
<laughs> I hate you. I hate you more than I hate Terry Rozier and the Celtics. So their last win was against <laughs> the Nuggets. Hey, hey, it's Flo. And you know what word I've never understood? Top hat. Aren't all hats on top? They're like the toppest part of every outfit. Unless I've been doing it wrong. That's why I stick with simple words like flotection. It means the sense of security you'll feel when your new home is protected by home insurance through me and Progressive. Also, there shouldn't be a top hat unless there's a bottom hat. Wait, is that what underwear is? Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.